missions. Today we're going to, if you looked at your bulletin, we're going to visit with the folks who, uh, who have just returned from a, a trip to Jamaica on missions with uh, Elder Radley, who's a native of Jamaica. And we're going to talk to them, ask them some questions, and just get a little bit of a report. So we're going to be taking a break from our current series, Anchored, our series in the, uh, in the letter to the Colossians, to talk to them. But as, as, I, as I was thinking about missions this morning and uh, over the course of the week, I, I think that uh, very often we automatically, when we think missions and missionaries, we automatically think New Testament. We think of verses from Jesus like John 20, 21, as the Father sends me, so I'm sending you, right? Or we think of Matthew 28 as kind of the missions verse, go and make disciples of all nations. Those New Testament verses that we automatically go to when we think missions. But I wanted you to know this morning, before we, before we even speak to these who are just returning, that God, is, God has been mission-minded from the very beginning. Do you realize that? I mean, it didn't just start, as I said before the baptism, mission, the mission's heart of our God, of our Father, didn't just start by sending the great missionary, his son, to earth. That, that wasn't the beginning of God's mission's endeavors. God has been, in a sense, a missionary from the very beginning, since you could say, since the fall, God has been on mission to redeem mankind. Let me give you just a couple of verses in your Old Testament that will help you to see the heart of our Father as a missionary. The heart of our Father reaching out, not just to the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel would be God's tool. It would be the Old Testament church, if you will, that he would use to be salt and light to all the nations. That was their intent. That God would not just be their God, but he would be the God of all people using them to communicate his mission heart. Psalm 67, and I could take you to about 15 different psalms, a variety of places throughout the psalms. But as the psalm writer, as the hymn writer writes, listen to the heart that comes out in Psalm 67. God, be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Now, you've heard that a lot as a blessing. A lot of times as we depart church, we'll give that as sort of a blessing and a prayer as we go. But the psalmist goes on, that your way may be known on the earth, not just to us, Israel, the Hebrew who was speaking here, your salvation among all nations, he says. Now, that maybe doesn't sound odd to us because we come with a New Testament, New Testament missions mindset already. But for the readers of that day, for the Hebrews of that day, for Israel of that day, being God's people, this was huge for them. That this psalm that they would sing, this psalm that they would pray, didn't just include them as God's children. It included all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with uprightness. That judgment is coming, not just for the nation of Israel, but it was coming for everyone. And the psalmist knew that. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Sounds redundant, doesn't it? But this is his prayer. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us. That, that all the ends of the earth may fear him. See his heart? If you want to go back even further, we can go to Leviticus. Leviticus 19, 33, and 34, as he was giving rules to the nation of Israel. If you're familiar with the book of Leviticus, you'll, you'll understand how these verses fit. But here's what, he, here's what he says to them in regards to what he'll call strangers in the land. 
when a stranger resides with you. That would simply be someone who's not a Hebrew, someone who is not naturally among God's chosen people, the nation of Israel. When a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were aliens in the land of Egypt yourself. I am the Lord your God. And so that's the rule. You know, Jesus would come and he would, he would paraphrase that, that very sentiment, wouldn't he? Do unto others as you would have them do unto yours. Treat each other the way you would want to be treated. And it goes on and on. These are Old Testament values. This is the heart of God from the beginning. If you weren't, if you weren't of Hebrew descent, you would be a stranger in this verse. That's, that's you, that's me. Two types of people in this world, Jews and Gentiles. God's heart to them, even in Leviticus, was that the nation of Israel's heart was to be not just for itself, but it was to be outward for them. Reminding them that in a sense you were strangers yourself. You were captives and aliens in a land. Remember how it felt. Act accordingly. Let me give you one more verse, and this one's in your bulletin. So we'll just read it from there. I like how the NIV puts it. It's at the point where the nation of Israel got its first temple. And here's what King Solomon, who's said to be the wisest man who's ever lived, right? So maybe he's got something wise to say. Solomon, at the dedication of the Hebrews' first temple in Jerusalem, uttered these words. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for men will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When he comes, that's the stranger, the foreigner, when he comes and prays towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people, Israel. God's heart has always been for all the nations. And it still is. Uh, We had three folks who went to Jamaica and they answered God's call at this time, in this summer, to go and be a missionary. And so we're going to talk to them, but I'm going to pray for us first. Would you pray with me? Father God, we ask that you would uh, seal upon our heart the fact that you have, you have always been after us, you've always been chasing us, but that also, because of that, with us as the New Testament tool, with us as the church, the body of Christ, the hands and the feet of Christ. We continue His mission's endeavor. We carry on the heart that You, our Father, had from, from days of old, from the garden on. We carry that heart with us. And we join with the great missionary, Your Son who came to earth to reach the lost and pay their debt. And Father, as missionaries now, we, we, we very simply continue to echo that good news. We continue to proclaim that good news. But Lord, we don't just do it from, from where we are. We don't just do it from, from our own neighborhood. All the nations, all the peoples are called to hear the good news. And so Lord, we ask that we become mouthpieces. And as we hear from those who 
who heard your calling to go, for just a week, we ask that we'd be encouraged and challenged. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cassie, Kelly, Bradley, come on up here, guys. Come on up. I'm going to let you all sit with me, and uh, we'll pass this mic around. You guys nervous? No? A little bit? Cassie, I'll give it to you. We're going to let you start. No, come on. You're good to go. I've got a list of questions here. We're not going to hook you up to the lie detector. Don't worry. Uh, Cassie, do us a favor. Just tell us a little bit about, give us an idea of um, exactly where you went. We, we see in the bulletin, actually, you were in Ocho Rios. And uh, tell us a little bit about Ocho Rios, who you were working with there, and what, uh, what the week looked like. Just give us the general picture of what you guys were doing all this last week. We don't have enough time. <laughs> well, don't give us the details. Give us the general um, idea. We went to Ocho Rios High School, and we worked, Kelly and I worked with the kids um, 7 to 14. There were 69 of them. And um, Radley was in the kitchen cooking for our camp, and then also there was a 15 to, there was no age limit, um, cooking. So he was cooking for, there were 70 of them as well? 240. So he was cooking for all of them, but... Kelly and I would wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> we would get all the kids. We were in different rooms. Uh, there were three separate rooms. We would wake up, and we would do a workout with them. And then we would come back and do the devotion, and we would take them to breakfast. And then we would have chapel time and then lunch. And they'd do nap. They would nap. But we didn't really nap ever. <laughs> we didn't get that. <laughs> Um, and then... Wait a second. Did you say a workout earlier? You did a yeah, workout? Yeah, we worked like out at 5 a.m. P90X or what were you doing? Um, it depends. It okay. depends what kind of move he All was right. in. There was a director for that. Gotcha. And then after that, we would do sports for two hours in Jamaica Heat. <laughs> and then they would go shower in freezing cold showers, and we would share with the kids. And then uh, we would eat dinner. And then after dinner... We would, what did we do after dinner? Yeah, we had an evening session. And uh, then we went to the dorms and we wrapped up. But we were going until, the schedule said till 10.30, but we were up till 12 pretty much every night doing it. Wow. Now, you went last year, a different part of the island. You were in Montego Bay at uh, the deaf uh, missionary school that we helped support there. How was uh, Ocho Rios different? Um, we worked a lot with the kids at Ocho Rios. At the camp we went to before, we were building the school. So we, like, made the concrete and we took it. More manual we, labor. Yeah. Okay. We were with the kids a lot. So would this be more like what we would call, like, VBS, like a week long? Maybe something more like that? A hardcore one. <laughs> a hardcore one? Okay. All right, let's pass this over here. Kel, was this your first time to Jamaica? Yes, it was. Okay. So what did you think? Just Jamaica in general, not the camp or any of that? What did you I, think? You know, I thought it was beautiful. Um, it was, the the weather was pretty warm, but, you know, it wasn't that much worse than it was here. Okay. Um, it's just a little more humid. Right. Um, the people are very open and very blunt as well, so don't ever <laughs> take offense if you go to Jamaica. Um, and, you know, it was actually kind of funny. Cassie and I noticed, like, a kind of, I don't know, almost like a common thread, like, um, if you're talking to a Jamaican who is sitting down in a chair and they decide that they're done talking to you, they will excuse you from the conversation. <laughs> so 
So not a, not themselves. They would no, excuse you. Excuse, well, because they're the ones sitting down. <laughs> okay. So they'll just kind of turn their head and start talking gotcha. to somebody else. Um, it was just funny. They they're really good at avoiding that like right. chirping conversation. So but, yeah. No, but they were great. They were really great, and they were open to us. Um, and they were, you know, they were just really sweet people. Um, it was very different. Um, I guess as far as you know, accommodations and you know what we would kind of expect when we go places, um, but it was it was a wonderful experience. All right, being your first time in Jamaica, Jamaica's vacation place, right? You've guys seen the commercials. I mean, it's all inclusive. Everything is that is that a, what you saw? A very very small part of Jamaica. I don't think I ever saw that part of Jamaica. <laughs> okay, tell us tell us what you did uh, see in that regard. What we did see um, was. Uh, um, um, well, w when we went down to the beach, um, we were taking our 68 children in the junior camp down towards the beach, and um, we were walking on the side of a road um, with 68 children, you know, and a few counselors trying to not let anybody get run over because they, they drive a little bit differently there. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, we were trying to get these kids safely to the beach, and, you know, everywhere, everywhere that we looked, it, you know, there, there was barbed wire and chain link fences and, you know, houses that were, I mean, bless them. They're, they're so different. Um, it's, I mean, it's mind-blowing to see how different it is from America. Um, you know, people um, begging and, and so forth. It's, you know, not what you would see here. Yeah, yeah. Bradley, tell us, uh, from, from your vantage point, you were maybe stuck in the kitchen the whole time, but... Um, how was uh, Ocho Rios in the mission uh, group that you worked with there? How was it different from uh, working with the deaf school in, in Mill Bay? Um, let me first thank you guys for, um, you guys did support us, so we definitely appreciate it. Uh, it helped tremendously in terms of accommodation, transportation, and, uh, we, and also, we, also we, 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 did it, we have a little extra, so we gave it to the, to the camp. So let me first thank you guys for assisting in that. Um, it's different, well, in terms of what we're doing. There, we're more building, we're, as Cassie mentioned, we were building, uh, we're building um, a building. Um, here, we were more so working with the kids. So it was more, in a sense, benef beneficiary in terms of the, uh, you're, you're seeing lives change. If, uh, I'm sure over, over the week, we had a, f a number of kids who got saved, 59. Um, 59 children got saved during during the course of the week, so that was a blessing. Mm. Um, so that, that 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 was good. Um, during the course of the week, also there things um, happen, and I know Kelly, I've, I've said this to you, but I know um, one the the, the 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 camp the camp director for the junior camp, he he said um, to me that um, I know one of the kids wanted they didn't have any bed. I guess we're short of beds, and Kelly wanted to give up her bed to sleep on the floor, correct? And um and um and and sleep to sleep on the floor. But the camp the, 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 the director mentioned just bring the child over and I think the child slept slept with you that night. Alright. So that was a blessing in itself. And also he mentioned you mentioned both Cassie and Kelly in terms of he would look, he loved their attitude in terms of um in terms of just willing to do anything in comparing to the other counselors. Here they are, foreigners, um, who are willing to surrender themselves, give up, them, give up, give up themselves, and just willing to do, do, do any and everything. 
So he appreciate that for, for, for both of you guys. Also, I said the conditions, um, the school, it was, it was, it was, it was, the conditions weren't good. Um, but the ladies adjusted. I adjusted it because um, <laughs> the, the water was cold. I had to be rushing and cu- rushing under the water. And so I thought I used to this, but I guess not. Um, so we we were we were we were rushing in and out um, under the water, and the 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 the, the toilets weren't as the conditions weren't good. The the the, the it, it was hot there. But I, I must commend the, the, the ladies. They did tremendously well. They, uh, they, they did tremendously well. And also, um, one of the ways um, I, I, I saw God worked, I know Cassie had lost her, her, her phone and some other things. Um, and um, I think we, we all know Cassie never loses anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, from what I, maybe, maybe Cassie may be better to tell you the story. Um, one of the campers went in my room and um, actually took my phone and some other things. And I was going to, the reason why I realized it, my phone didn't work there, but I used it as like my watch. And so uh, it was maybe Tuesday morning? Tuesday? Yeah, it was maybe Monday or Tuesday. And then just two days, I just, just a phone. I called my mom, but the location didn't work like overseas. So I just didn't worry about it. And then two days later, we had an awesome message for the kids. It was, it was really good. And it was the night that half, at least half of them got saved. So then the next morning, um, we went to breakfast, and I just went back to the room. And by that time, we had locks on the doors. We didn't have locks originally. And on top of that, we had the two camps going and then the school registration. So it was a lot of people there. So we didn't know who took it. Um, and the door was locked, and I came back, and my cell phone was sitting on the door. Hmm. So I got my cell phone back. And I think, um, I think the, the night before, I, I think both camps were praying that um, someone returned the phone. You don't have to announce yourself. Just put the phone down somewhere. And, and, um, and um, the person came the next day, whoever it was, we don't know, put back the phone. So that was in itself. A, 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 a tremendous um, 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 inspiration, a, a tremendous where God worked in the heart. We saw we saw where God worked in the hearts of uh, that our, our, of that particular person, and that person brought back the phone. Um, I guess we need to pr- we needed to pray for the other things. That's the <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple reasons you guys know this. There's a couple reasons why, as a pastor and, and church leadership, that that we want people to leave your own neighborhood and go on missions, whether it's to the other side of our country or whether it's around the globe or whether it's somewhere that doesn't seem, you know, anymore uh, that far off, like a Jamaica. But when you get there, maybe it, it turns out to be a lot different than you saw in the commercials. Uh, one of the reasons is because those people need the gospel and because those people need what you can bring. Maybe it's the resources. Maybe it's just the, maybe it's just the help of, of helping to build something. Or maybe it's... Uh, uh, working with the kids as they did this time. So one of the main reasons is so you can go and, and be of service to them, right? But we all know that uh, as pastors and church leadership, there's, a, there's another reason behind that reason that we want you to go, to leave your own comfort zone and, and to go and do something like that. And it's because of what it does in your heart in serving you 
inevitably end up coming back and saying, I got more out of it than they did, right? I mean, you all have been a part of something, hopefully, where you, you serve, whether it's here or abroad, and you end up saying, I'm more blessed than the people we were trying to bless, yeah? So uh, that is one of the reasons why we encourage you to do that. And so I'm interested to hear from, from any one of you um, how, how this week uh, blessed you. Was there some way that God stretched you or some way that, that God challenged you um, that even if, even if it was of no effect, and we know that it was a great effect on these children, even if they had no benefit from it, it was a benefit to you. Is there a story or, or something you could talk about how God challenged you? Or stretched you in this week? Well, um, I grew up very differently than these children. Um, I grew up in a home of, you know, substantial wealth. And to see how they live was painful to me. Um, not, and they were so happy. I mean, you could never see happier children than these. It just showed me how much you can live without um, and and be happy. And, you know, that God is all you need. I mean, absolutely all you need. You don't, you know, material wealth means nothing in this world, and you can't take it with you. Um, and, you know, these children were living with with parents who a lot of them were abusive um, we found out that there was a high abuse rate um, among campers um, domestically and you know just the fact that that God was with these children and that he you know that so many of them came to him you know when I never would have as a child um, because I had so much what did I need with anything else um, mm. it, it just really opened my eyes to see how how blessed you know, just how much God can bless those who hmm. truly need Him. Yeah, that's good. Cassie, second year, how'd God bless you? What one of the guys said, what, um, he was a counselor, and he was from across Jamaica. And I just remember we had, we had counselor meetings <laughs> a lot. We had a lot of counselor meetings. And he said to us at the end, he was like, if I saved eight souls this week, in one week, what have I been doing my whole life? He was like, that just that hit me so hard because mm. it's it's the truth. What what do you do if you can do that in seven days? Mm. And like what she said about the kids after, the kids were hard to open up to Kelly and I. They uh, they would talk to us, but the first day was rough. <laughs> they didn't they didn't really want to listen. But we realized that's just kind of them. You have to repeat things like twice for them to get it. And um, you don't have kids yet. That's normal. <laughs> well, anyways, but they, uh, after I gave my testimony to the kids, they just started, I mean, I barely slept that night because they all just came in talking to me. And that's how Kelly and I really mm -hmm. found out about, like, what was going on in their houses and mm -hmm. what their parents were doing or what their parents weren't doing. A lot of them, there were a lot of sisters and brothers, and uh, they were taking care of each other. Their parents... Because in Jamaica, what one of the counselors told me, she said, you basically just have to have four walls to be able to live. Like, you don't need, like, the electric and everything that we have here. So they were basically just living on dirt. And, you know, none of them, none of the kids in my room had air conditioning in their house, mm -hmm. which blew my mind. So they weren't sweating. You know, they're in jeans and sweaters. <laughs> and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm dying. <laughs> but, 
Hmm. That's how they touched me. One of the things, you know, as a pastor that I hear a lot is, well, don't we have just as many people here in America or in our own community that need to hear this message? Why do I, you guys can finish the sentence, why do I need to go somewhere like that? Um, would you would you say, based on your experience with those 60 kids and the counselors, et cetera, from that one week snapshot, is there, is there a difference? And I think you were kind of hinting at this. Is there a difference in the impact that you can have in one week working with a group of kids or even a group of adults here in America as to, uh, the receptivity of, of the children in Jamaica or the adults even in Jamaica? Do you think there's a difference? Are they more receptive for some reason? Um, in Jamaica, they're more receptive to, to the gospel there than I think it is here. But it also gives us um, some kind of a different look, look on the, or the culture there and um, how people live and so on. So it, 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 it softens our hearts. Um, for 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 the people. So in in that sense, it is it is it is different. Um, while here, it's it, it, we're, li- we're living a little more comfort, and you see p- back home in Jamaica, it's a little more challenging. So they're more appreciative of certain of certain things. Um, in Jamaica, Cassie, most people don't have. AC. <laughs> well, we live in the, in the most, well, most of the houses don't have um, AC. But um, as I say, pe- people, they adjusted, they, they, they live with the conditions that they're, they're, they're under. Um, one of the things that, uh, that challenged me, I was working in the kitchen, I was, there were like what, 250 or around 250 people total. Um, including campers and counselors. So I was cooking um, three meals a day. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I was up like 4.30 every morning. Um, didn't get to bed until maybe 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, and a lot of things that we maybe consider as some bacon or something, we consider as nothing. You can just go to the store and buy bacon. I was talking to, to, to the... Um, I think she, she's, the, she, she's the one that bought the, bought the food, the treasurer. And I wanted to get some, I was, make, I was, planning, was making some um, bag, egg and bacon casserole. And she didn't, couldn't, she didn't the ex- bacon, were, they were too expensive to, to, um, to get the bacon. So she didn't get the bacon because it was too expensive. While here we just go to the store, spend a, a couple of dollars hmm. and, that would be, and that would be fine. Um, we, we, they had a lot of rice. Um, the, the cost for the camp was like 50 bucks for the, and it was from Saturday to Saturday. I, Q went to camp, um, this past summer we paid like, what, $250? A little bit more. So it was $50 for these kids that they had to bring to go to camp and they got three meals a day. And they got three meals a day. And all the stuff. Yeah. What are, what are camps costing that you guys have experienced? Parents, some week long camp. Whether it's a Christian camp, sports camp, whatever. What are what are week long camps here in America? Around three hundred dollars. Anybody week long? Do you know whether you sent your kid or not? Do you know what the costs are out there? Anybody? Yeah, for a week. Okay. Strong Rocks, popular Christian camp around here, eight hundred for the week. Okay. They probably got bacon. Maybe that's the difference. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But it, it, so the, the, 
they, they didn't have, and, and I, was, I was in the kitchen and it was kind of after talk, when talking to the church, she can't, you cannot buy this, you cannot get this, because they just didn't have the, the, the funds. So I'm praying and hoping that hopefully next time we go, then maybe we can raise some support in terms of, um, just to help out at the camp in terms of food or even paying some of the, 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 the people. I had like five persons in the kitchen and um, washing dishes, cooking and helping me and so on. And if they, had got, if they get 20, 50 bucks for the week and they worked from the time I, I mentioned till from 4.30 in the morning to like, or, or 5 till 10 at night. Yeah. And in terms of maybe even they they getting something, you have to, it, 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 they might not get them. Might not get anything because the camp doesn't have any money to give it to, to give to them. Mm. So um, they were and, and again they worked hard, they worked diligently, and they were willing to do it. So um, hopefully next time we can um, help to support yeah. the camp in that way. So Radley and, uh, and our staff are, you know, we're already thinking forward towards next summer. And part of what will help shape what we do next summer in terms of missions is based on your uh, interest and your availability and your willingness to, to join a team to go and do something like this. Whether it's back in Ocho Rios working with the school or whether it's back to Montego Bay working with the, uh, the deaf orphanage that we worked with two years ago uh, or the local churches that we worked with. Um, we want to start planning now as to what we're going to do. And so I can, you know, I could give you my plea and I could tell you all the reasons why as pastor I think you need to plan on going on this mission trip or another mission trip next summer, but you expect that. So you guys help me out. You guys, uh, you guys tell them why is it worth, it probably costs each individual, and we've done Jamaica now for three, three different trips. It usually averages out to about $800 a person is what we figured out that you need to be gearing towards. And that, that's not a bad cost for a week-long trip. $800 is pretty fair. And usually, based on some fundraising we do here, you know, our, uh, our uh, Valentine's uh, dinner that we do, that special night, all those proceeds go towards helping uh, fund mission trip endeavors. And so usually we tell you to plan on $800, $900 to go, and it only ends up costing you maybe $600. And so the money we help raise here collectively will help cut your price back on that team. But we need, to, we need to know a little bit. So you guys, tell them why right now they should start considering going to Jamaica or another trip next year. We'll pass it back to Kelly. Kelly, because this is your first time. Do you think it's worth them going ahead and starting saving $20 a month now? Or? Absolutely. Um, the, the most amazing thing that I saw when I was there was um, one, one of the children who came to know Jesus um, the following day at lunch, he volunteered to stand up and say a blessing for the food. And this was probably the first time that this child has ever publicly, hmm. um, you know, praised God. And, you know, to, to be able to be there and be a part of that is something extraordinary. And it's something I would, I would want to do again and again. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Bradley, one last question. So when, um, when we started Cornerstone... Now, almost nine years ago, we were in the planning of Cornerstone, et cetera. One of our original prayers, and some of you have heard this story before, we had a couple prayers ahead of time that, uh, that God would bring us different types of people. One of the prayers that I had was that he would bring us a natural connection to a mission field. And I didn't exactly know what that meant, but I didn't want to just, as a church, 
pick a mission field just because we needed to have a mission field outside of us. I didn't want to just throw a dart at the map and say, okay, well, let's start sending people here. Because there's a million different places in the world we could send people, right? And pretty early on, Radley and Tracy came to our church, and pretty quickly I realized that he's from Jamaica. And as they, as they joined our church and Radley became an elder, uh, th- I realized that that was an answer to, to that prayer in that we had a natural now connection to a, to a missions location. And that Radley's heart was for his homeland and that his heart would continue to be for that place and that we could take people and have that natural connection. So uh, all that to say, Radley, is Jamaica still a place that needs churches like ours to send people? Most definitely. Um, Souls are everywhere, but uh, um, souls are are in Jamaica who are, who are who are who they have challenges they have they have difficulties and if we in some way whether through the gospel or through some other means we can assist then um, we definitely as a, a local body of believers should should definitely do so um, as, as Kelly mentioned and Cassie the the, the the kids there were 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 their situations were heart wrenching. Um, to see what they're going through and, 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 and they're willing to do, to have a good attitude to, about it. Then um, if we in any way, me, shape or form, can assist in any way, um, is, is good. I, if, you, if, you, if you see on, on the video and some of the pictures there, we have, we have what we call banquets. Um, one, I think one was Thursday night and one was Friday night. Thursday night was for the... Um, for the older kids, for the senior, senior campers, and the, the, the junior camp was Friday night. And they had to go to their, to their, um, their the, 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 the guys had to go to the dorm, talk to the, the mother of the dorm, and ask the daughter out for, for dinner for that night. And similarly with the, with the, young, with the younger ones also. And, and just that in terms of show, showing some, some sort of chivalry. Is 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 a, is a good thing, and in and in any way, shape, or form, so we can assist in any way, whether through um, going there, sharing the gospel, or going there, assisting financially or building something, then um, it would worth our our going. Yeah, amen. Well, thank you guys. Let me read uh, the quote that's in your bulletin as I wrap up. Ricky, go on and come up, ready for our last dismissal song. Guy named William Booth. Thank you. You guys can have a seat. William Booth, this is in your bulletin there just in the center. He said this, Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you to go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful weight for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. And then, look Christ in the face, whose mercy you have professed to obey, and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Pray with me. Father God, we, we thank you and we celebrate those who are willing to go. 
and those who have put their ear to your word and to your very heart to know that you are a missionary to this world. And um, Holy Spirit, I'll let you I'll let you speak to hearts right now. And it's a whole summer away maybe before we uh, we take another trip like this. And um, the folks who have heard these testimonies, they've got a whole year to uh, forget maybe what you're whispering right now. So I would ask that you you keep whispering until it's loud enough that they hear. And Lord, take whatever roadblock out of the way, whether it's financial, take it out of the way, whether it's just doubt, whether it's whether it's a, a, a spirit inside them that says, well, I'm better off just to help here. Uh, Lord, just take all that stuff away until we have men and women who hear you say, I, I should go. You should go. And go just for the blessing that it is to be a servant. The blessing that the, the people you serve will receive. And Lord, upon their return, we'll celebrate and we'll hear their testimony as they share all the blessings that they received back tenfold. All the challenge, all the stretching, all the growth spiritually that they have from serving others in a, just a different place. So Lord, find a way to uh, speak to our hearts and stretch us and challenge us. And find a way around all the walls and the excuses and the reasons we put up. Lord, give us a sense that this, this life here on earth is short. Our time here is short. We may get 40 years. We may get 60 years. We may get a few more. But the older we get, we, we know better and better how quick the time goes by. And Jesus, we, uh, we want to join you in your missions work. And we don't want to face you maybe thinking we've uh, left something on the field. So Holy Spirit, uh, start doing your work in hearts now. And even in the last just two or three minutes as we, we dismiss in song, speak to our hearts in a clear way. In Christ's name, who is our cornerstone. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand while we sing?